for a, a special morning. Pastor Marichelle, our campus pastors, going to come and preach the word to us today on comfort and joy. Why don't you give her a big welcome as she comes to the stage? Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. How are we all today? Good. Well, that's a whole lot of comfort and joy going on in there that, that God has been good to us and God has given us favor for the next round and so we're going to take a well-earned break before we start again for the February 5. But today I get to continue on the series, um, that's like echoing here please, continue on the series of comfort and joy and I get the privilege to continue that. And so the message of Christmas, the message of Christmas um, was and is comfort and joy for all. You know, our weary world is in need of comfort right now, and it also needs joy. Who's weary? Come on, all you people who have Christmas shopping, I mean, wouldn't you be weary like shopping around and, and basically trying to you know, all these crazy people in the shops trying to fight for car parks and everything like that. I just do online shopping or I just do it like in December, um, you know, when the sales are on and I keep it for a year and then I forget about it. And then like I shop again, like, but that's just, I know I'm weird. So the world is hurting right now and it needs of healing. Everyone is looking for comfort and joy. And I acknowledge at this time of year, it's, a, it's a difficult for some. Yeah. It's difficult in that, you know, there'll be there's, there's a strange family. You've lost a loved one. Yeah. You've, um, you know, there's just a lot of dynamics in our family life that sometimes are not really good. And so we need comfort. And so comfort and joy is found in the truth of the Christmas message that our Savior, that the Messiah, that the Lord has been born, that this is good news of great joy for all the people, a Savior born who will save, rescue, and restore us. You know, as believers, we need to cling on to the hope that God's Son, Jesus, Though born in a complicated circumstances, though he was born in a difficult and dark times, though he was born in challenge and chaos, that the message still rings through even a thousand years um, later. That Jesus was born to bring comfort and joy to you, and he was born to bring comfort and joy to me. I personally find comfort in that, that he came for me. That he has been born to bring comfort in these difficult times. Because let's face it, not all families are perfect, right? You know, not just because you put stuff on Instagram and and Facebook doesn't mean that it's perfect. There's still challenges in there. And God, in his mercy and his grace, brings comfort and joy in those dry places that sometimes seem so desolate. So comfort and joy is a Christ gift for us. It's a Christ gift for us. And the last two weeks, Pastor Tony has been focused on the word comfort and what comfort really means for us. And I want to recap. For those of you who have missed a couple of sermons, you can always find that in our YouTube channel or our Facebook. You can do that. But I'm going to recap for you. So God came to us. God came for us. And God came to be one of us. 
This in itself gives me great comfort as we go through the seasons and different circumstances in life. Then the second week, Pastor Tony talked about the five ways we can open up the gift of comfort, the comfort. So one of, one of these things is prayer. Prayer is a simple truth that God is with you. Yeah. That God is with us and he is near. That he hears the cries of the hopeless and he answers their prayers. The promises. The second thing is God has given us, each and every one of us, promises through his word that will bring us comfort. God won't always give us everything we want, but he will fulfill his promise to you. So I want to remind you, what is God's promise to you? Especially in these moments of times when when it's challenging, when it's dark, when when it's just hard remind yourself of the promises of God then people that we are made to be together in connection not in isolation today we get to feast on a, a, a good hearty meal for Christmas don't leave but just connect with one another and it's it's amazing you're gonna eat lunch anyway so let's just be together and and don't go rushing off and then perspective is the second one that we are encouraged to be still and know that he is God, that he is sovereign. Purpose, loving our life with purpose brings comfort. So today I wanna focus on the second part, which is joy. 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 What is it? What is it? How is it different from happiness? We need to understand that w- the difference bet- be- between each one because a lot of people kind of think it's the same. So let me give you a little bit of a, an education thing. Not that I know everything about that, but I want to say that joy is a little word. <laughs> Three letters, joy. But happiness is bigger word. Joy is in the heart. Happiness is on the face. Joy is of the soul, happiness is of the moment. Joy transcends, happiness reacts. Joy is a focus before it's a feeling. Happiness is an outward expression, and happiness depends on external factors. Happiness happens to us. It's not a choice that we make. Whereas joy... Is not just a mere fleeting emotion, but it triggers a whole lot of significant physiological and psychological changes that improves our physical and mental health. Now, research proves this, that joy boosts our immune system, fights stress and pain, and improves our chance of living a longer life. Who wants to live longer? Yes, joy is good for you. Find joy in those moments, in those little things that even though you feel irritated, that you must find joy in the small things. So if this is what joy is about, then wouldn't we want to develop joy, not just discover it? Because discovering joy means it's waiting somewhere and you have to find it. It's all about waiting for somewhere you are not in right now. Developing joy is more like what James 1.3 says. What did it says? What did, does it say in James 1.3? It's not in your screen, but let me recap. 
Consider it pure joy, my dear brothers and sisters, when you face trials and tribulations of many kinds. For what does it do? It develops perseverance. It develops patience. It develops character. Can you give me my Bible, please? I want to just... I want to, I don't want to be a dodgy doctor in here. I want to, I want to, I want to read from the word because that's much better. Okay, here we go. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Woohoo! Who's having great joy when you have difficulty? This is like oxymoron, but this is what God says, so... Let's not fight it. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Let it grow. Let it grow. Let it go. Okay. For when your endurance is fully developed, okay, listen to that word, fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So can you really find joy in this season? which sometimes is referred to as silly season, but it doesn't have to be. C.S. Lewis states this, that the joy is the serious business of heaven. It's a state of being. Happiness is an emotion that ebbs and flow. Joy, however, is a constant internal state that is a fruit of the spirit and accompanied by peace. Galatians 5, 23 says this, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is um, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I often wondered why the, the word joy is second from love. Do you ever think about that? I was just musing on that on this week, and I'm thinking, because I think, okay, is that because love is a foundational concept and God is love. God is not just love, but it's what he does. He loves us. And so if you have love first, then all of these things as a foundation, then all of these things is actually hemmed in. And so I think that's why it says love, then joy. Because out of the love that God gives us and the fact that he saves us and restores us and redeems us means that we can have joy internally. Not just happening, but it's joy internal state. So today I want to give you three points as we enter the Christmas season. And that... We can change the narrative of the silly season to to be sacred and to be less stressed time of the year. I don't want to be stressed. I tell you what, I've had enough stress in my life. I just want to be joyful, joyful. So number one, let me tell you, joy is an attitude. You've heard that before, right? Joy is an attitude. You can change your whole life by simply changing your attitude. Your attitude is the mental posture that you take toward what is happening in your life. It's not what you think, but it's how you think. Your attitude forms every event in your life. Zig Zagler says this, your attitude, not your aptitude, will determine your altitude. 
So it doesn't matter whether you have an IQ of 157% or you have the riches of all the world, but if your attitude stinks, forget it. That's it. Come on. Forget it. It's just like no one will come near you. Not because, because, you know, attitude, you can smell it from a mile away. It stinks. It's like everybody has an armpit, right? Go like that. Yeah, smell it. It's, it stinks. Especially when you haven't had a shower. But I'm just saying to you that attitude is contagious. There are some things. I'm glad that there's some, someone that's laughing at my jokes because sometimes I, I wonder, like I get too serious in front of you and I go, oh. At least you're not asleep. That's a good thing. There are some things that's limiting your joy that you may not be aware of. Proverbs 23, 7 says this. Oh, I know I have it. For a man, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What are you thinking? The attitude of your heart reflects the activity in your mind. Attitudes reveals a true person. What comes out of your mouth gets gets its start in the heart. It comes out here first because, you know, Matthew says that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I always think, I know what's in a person's heart when they open their mouth. I, I clearly know. You don't have to have a second guess on that. Attitude determines your future. Attitude determines our approach in life. Attitude determines our relationship with people. You know, some people have an attitude about some other people. And so you can't relate to people when you think bad about them. It reflects it. I've got a small ear. Sorry. Attitude, the attitude we accept as children are usually the ones we embrace as an adult. That's very true. So if you come from mentality of poverty, if you come from a mentality of like, well, it's me, self-pity and everything, and you know, there's a lot of trauma. I'm not downplaying on that. Um, as a child, you've had trauma or something that has happened and you embrace that as an adult. If you don't, you know, work on it. So if you want to know what's in your heart, just listen to what escapes out of your mouth. You can tell. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Negative and critical thoughts are like Velcro. They stick and hold. But positive and joyful thoughts are like Teflon. They slide away. We need to make an announcement to our feelings Okay, and say, this is what I'm going to do. You might think of something that either you're rejected or you're not accepted or you don't belong and everything, and sometimes you will voice that. But you need to make an announcement to your feelings and say, no, I am not. I belong here. Because there's a lot of things that, that can disrupt your thinking and then disrupt your thoughts. But you need to put a stop in that and go, you know what? I have control of my thoughts. And I'm not, even though it enters, I won't actually voice it out. Your verbiage is very important when it comes to attitude. So while joy is contagious, 
so is your attitude. There's a, the, David, the psalmist, says in Psalm 43, 5, where it says, um, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. See how he flipped the flow? He flipped the switch. He said, why, my soul, are you down? So he's talking. So David is talking to his soul. And some of us need to probably talk to our soul. And what is our soul? Our mind, will, and emotions. Because there are some things in there that is disruptive. And you don't want to verbiage that out. You don't want to talk that out. So he said, why are you so disturbed within me? And then he says, put your hope in God, for I will yet... Praise him, my Savior and my God. Negativity for a believer is not your normal. It's not normal for you. I'm not saying that negative things won't happen, but I'm saying that the negative verbiage that comes out of your mouth, especially if it's you're a believer, does not belong there. It doesn't belong to you. It doesn't fit you well. Joy must overflow. So let me give you a practical application because I want to be practical. I just don't want to give you some Christian cliches. I want to give you a practical component in terms of how do I have when I say joy is an attitude. Well, number one, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Okay. I give up. Guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says this, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So everything you do. So guard it. What are you guarding from? Guard it from what you see, from what you know, from what you hear, from what you watch, everything. Guard it. Renew your mind. Romans 12.2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How? Get into the Word. Get into the Word. Another one is practice gratitude. Be grateful. I know that's like, oh yeah, I'm grateful. Really? Well, what comes out of your mouth? How do you, how do you know you're grateful? Look around and actually thank God for the things that you have and not for the things that you don't have. Sometimes we get jealous. Let's be practical here. But jealousy and joy don't, can't exist together, can't coexist. So be thankful for what you have. Have a gratitude journal or a journal that you write about the things that you pray for and the things that you are thankful God for. And... I've, I've got one of those, and when I'm feeling down, I just flip and I go, oh, okay, yeah, that, God, you did that for me. God, you answered that prayer. Thank you. Thank you, God. Because sometimes we forget. Okay, here's a good one. To have a joyful attitude, commitment not to complain. Ooh. <laughs> Come on, I mean... We all complain at some stage, right? It's not, you know, it's not being like, but the real thing is that commitment not to complain. You know, when I go to a restaurant with some of my friends, oh, wow. <laughs> wow. seriously, yeah. 
there's always a lot of things that's wrong with my food. There's either a hair in there or an eggshell or it's cold or it's like not the right thing or whatever. And, and it's like, yeah, a long, long time. And I start to think maybe I, I'm, just, I'm just cursed. I don't know. Like, but no, I, I didn't. But it took me a while to say, well, you know, this is not about, you know, complaining, but it's constructive feedback. for something I didn't order? Come on. So, don't have a bad habit of complaining. It's not good for you. Joy. Be others focused. Acronym, joy, Jesus, O, others. O, no, Jesus, others. And Y is yourself. Jesus, others, yourself. Laugh regularly. You're laughing right now. That's a good thing. Find something to laugh about, even if you can laugh about me. Okay, the future we want to have is the best version of who we are. Rest upon the attitude we carry with us today. Your attitude sets the atmosphere. Which brings brings me to my second point. Very good. Joy is an atmosphere. Attitude and atmosphere interlocks. They go together hand in hand. It's like comfort and joy. So, let me have a question for you. You know, when I preach, I have... These are all live examples, okay? So I'm not preaching because I know it all, but this is it. So have you ever been to a friend's place as you entered the room and it's as cold as ice? You can cut the room with a knife because it's that tense. And you feel the tension. You feel like, oh man, get up, get me out of here. Like, I don't really want to be here. What do you feel? How do you feel? It's uneasy straight away. Like, there's a moment in time when Daryl and I would argue and, and I'd have a, I don't know, a heated discussion, a creative communication. And this always happens five minutes before a visitor would come. I mean, come on. So you have to, like, muster up your happy face. And I'm going to kill you later. But not right now. Not right now. Because the thing is, it's an atmosphere. You don't want your friends feeling like, They want to get out and they want to do, like, you know, let's just go to a restaurant or something like that. But joy is an atmosphere. The atmosphere that you create is contagious. They actually feel it's in the air. And and before you know it, you're like, but I have learned over time being married for a number of years now that I have to know, you know what, put that aside. That And it also happens when you preach, you know, on a Sunday morning, you know, you'll argue at night at like 11 o'clock at night or something like that. And you go like, oh, what the heck? What do you do? But these are the things. You've got to create an atmosphere. You carry your own atmosphere. It doesn't matter whether you are on a most expensive holiday. But if the atmosphere that you carry, the mood that you carry, forget it. You're not going to enjoy it. You're going to endure it because you paid $10,000 or something like that. 
the joy, can I say this? For those, everybody, joy is your job. Yeah, great. Joy is my job. I can't expect Daryl to make me happy. I can't expect Daryl to make me feel joyful. It is my response because oftentimes I react to things. And so I need to go, you know what, pull your big pants on and, and just let it go. It's my job because you know what, if you expect someone to give you joy, whether it's a spouse or a friend or a thing, you're going to be setting yourself up for disappointment. That's right. All the married people here, all the young married people here, if you expect your husband or your wife to give you joy, it ain't coming. You've got to do it for yourself. Atmosphere you create is very important. So, joy is the atmosphere of heaven. There's a story in the Bible in Mark 5 where Jesus on his way to heal Jairus' daughter. And when Jesus saw the commotion, the wailing and the weeping, he knew fear was there. But firstly, this is what Jesus did. He spoke to Jairus. He said, don't be afraid. Just trust me. He said this because the reporters had just brought the bad news to Jairus saying, hey, your daughter's dead. But Jesus ignored their comments and spoke to Jairus directly and said, don't be afraid, just trust me. In other words, don't trust that. Don't trust that bad report. Don't trust what you hear. Trust me, fix your gaze upon me, fix your eyes upon me, the author and perfecter of your faith. Jesus controlled the atmosphere by helping Jairus control his mind and his words. Jesus controlled the atmosphere by throwing out of the house all the people that were weeping, that were causing some commotion, all those that were overwhelmed. Joy. cannot exist in overwhelm. It can come. It comes from your overflow. Overwhelm is from your emotions. Overflow is from your focus. You are a joy setter. Negative things will come in our lives, but you have to remember that you and I control the thermostat, the, the atmosphere. We are the ruler of our atmosphere. We have been given the authority to change the atmosphere. In other words, in other words, you host your joy. Because God cannot work in the atmosphere of emotional overwhelm. Psalm sixteen eleven says this in your presence there is fullness of joy. What, are, what you are full of determines what flows. So let me give you some practical applications. Create a worshipful atmosphere. It doesn't have to be at church, in your car, when you're driving a long drive, in your home. Music is such a powerful tool. 
even if it doesn't have the, you know, like some people like the worship or whatever, but other music, but worship is a powerful tool. Why do you think we start with praise and worship here in church? We could always start with the announcements. We could always start with the preaching. Why not? You know why? Because there are different sets of people here that have just had a bad week or a bad day or a bad month, bad year, bad decade. And we are setting an atmosphere of God. You're welcome here. God heal the people. God, just, just enter in the room. Make room for you, God. Worship helps release deep-rooted emotion and acts as a stress reliever, mood lifter, and an antidepressant. It releases dopamine and serotonin. The good, happy things. Second thing, watch your mouth. You want to create an atmosphere of joy? Watch your mouth. How you react, your verbal and your nonverbal. Sometimes you, I catch myself rolling my eyes like, oh, whatever. Like, or like, you know what I mean? Like, watch your mouth. Like, because sometimes you don't have to actually say anything. I can see it. I can see it. Your peop- the people here sees it. They don't have to say anything. Third thing, slow down. Slow down. When you are in an overwhelm, you talk fast. And you don't make sense. Just stop. Breathe. And walk away if you need to. Is that good? Good Are you doing all right? Third thing, because I want to have lunch. (laughs) Joy flows from your abiding. John 15, 4 says this, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. When I was preparing this message, I felt God challenged me. He always challenges me, and, I, and this week is a full, a lot of, lot of things that sometimes has not given me comfort or joy. And he says to me, Marichal, and when I know I hear my word Marichal, <laughs> he goes, where are you abiding? Where are you abiding? Where are you seeking comfort from? Where is your source of joy? That was a very hard pill to swallow. Because you see, if you know anything about me, I find comfort in things. I find comfort in people. Being a recovering perfectionist, I find comfort where things are in order. I like straight lines. I like things in alphabetical order. When Daryl met me, I had all my CDs in alphabetical order and in genres. I know I'm weird. But hi, my name is Marichelle and I'm a recovering perfectionist. Thank you. 
have seen a counselor, and I'm still seeing one. <laughs> Where things around me are not perfect and it's chaotic, I get irritated. And I have to control what I, I have to watch my mouth. I have to, to watch my nonverbal cues and, and everything like that. I don't find comfort in, and joy around chaos. It messes with my head. You see, where you see comfort from controls your joy. In other words, where it comes from determines when it runs out. Some of us find comfort in food. I love food. I also find comfort in cooking. When I'm stressed, I go to the kitchen and I cook. Doesn't matter what, I just cook. I find comfort in friends. And some people, you know, with our friendships, if I can say this, is that some people in our lives, they are good to us, but they're not good for us. Some people find comfort in conversations. But if I could put a caveat in here, don't find comfort in gossip. Gossip is not the language of heaven. But sometimes we can get in a circle of negative conversations. That's not the atmosphere you want for your life. What about comfort habits? Is there habits in your life that you feel comfortable in? What about comfort sins? See, negative comfort will keep you from your calling. So this week, not just this week, but be a reminder for you. Let us look at the source of your abiding. Because you know what? You won't find joy if you abide in your addictions. Are you addicted to validation? Are you addicted to recognition and people noticing you? Are you addicted to people? Are you addicted to control, alcohol, gambling, gaming, pornography? Are you addicted to sex? Are you addicted to your phone? Are you addicted to shopping? Are you addicted to negativity and the, and the negativity and the drama that goes with it? Are you, are you, are you, know, are you um, abiding in your addictions of self-pity? Or your addictions to work. If you find joy in any of these things, there will be no bearing of fruit. That's what I said in the beginning. The only fruit that you will have will be destructive. If the source is not Jesus, your joy will not be complete. John 15, 10, 11 says this. I'm going to wrap it up. It says, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love, and He goes to say, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. In other translations, this is what it says I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. See, a lot of us are settling for partial joy. 
but God wants to give you complete joy because we equate joy with the absence of sadness. So the best way to maintain an outlook of joy is by abiding in Jesus. Remain close to God because our joy does not come from people, places, and possessions. Now to illustrate this further, can I have my illustration please? something that you'd probably remember I'm not a science extraordinaire or anything like that but I do know that this is a powerful illustration that I saw and I thought I'd, I'd kind of do it here because you see you can't control what life drops in to you life will drop in different kinds of expectations disappointments discouragements trials and tribulations and it comes from many forms but here's what I found out you can actually change the concentration so you know life will give you life does to you before I was pure joy but now I'm feeling blue feeling a bit kind of depressed you can't you really can't I guess control what life hands to you but what you can do is you can control the concentration of that. You see, God said, is that you can change your circumstances if you remain in me. So I'm going to see. Change your circumstances by re- the joy that God is giving you it's overflowing so what's in you must overflow because what's in you must be the word of God and some of you need to stop worrying and focus on the word of God this is the word of God this is the word of God and this is you you need to start thinking that the circumstances that you have, you cannot change, but you can change how you react to that circumstances. That is the overflow. It says that you can get out of the depression. The black hole 
of discouragement, the black hole of dread, the black hole of sorrow, the black hole of everything negative that's coming in you. And you are overflowing with joy. You're going to overflow with joy because the things that are in you are not supposed to be in there. But the overflow is the word of God. You're going to need to change the concentration. Get the word in you so that the the stuff, the sediments, the things of this world does not affect you. Stop worrying and get into the word of God. Psalm 30 says this, 11, you have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. God wants to clothe you with joy. When I was preparing this sermon, there's a lot of sad people internally. And God wants to infuse you with joy. He wants to infuse you with new measure of joy. You've been in the pit for long enough. Get out of the pit. You've been in the sadness long enough. Get out of the sadness and get in here. Let's have some joy, can we? Let's go. Let's do it. If you want to have some joy this morning, come on down the front. Come on down the front.
ministers to you. Get some joy. Get some joy in you. Before we break for our hospitality, I want to thank you, our online family. But I want to tell you that next Sunday is a normal Sunday, 24th. It's an in-person service. And also Christmas Day on the Monday, we have a one-hour service here in person as well. So I invite all of you to just take a time out and let's celebrate the reason for this season. So 24th and the 25th. And I'll see you then. Why don't we just join in a cafe right now? Amen. Thank you. Yeah. 